0: I'm Rebecca Pete, and I'm Rebecca
1: Cochran, and, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and
0: Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Woven. We are right in the middle of our series on integration, the integration of our souls, our mind, our bodies, our spirits, our emotions. And we talked last week about the theological differences between our minds and our emotions and our heart. And we talked personally about where we struggle in these areas. And today we are bringing in a professional counselor. Her name is Sarah Collier, and she's going to help us flesh out these ideas a little bit more and how we can um, practically integrate these parts of our lives from a counseling perspective. So we are really thrilled to have her and have these next two parts. We had so much information from her that we're going to have two episodes. So we hope you enjoy this time as much as we did.
0: Hey guys, welcome to episode six. Um, I am excited to introduce our guest today, Sarah Collier. She is a professional counselor as well as a wife and mother. She has her degree in psychology from Kansas State University and is also a Richmond grad with her MAMFT with an emphasis in Christian spirituality. Her career path has taken her from interning at ACC and the Hope Centers to a private practice, then the counseling department at Shorter University, where she worked in career counseling and became the director of the support services department. And she also taught undergrad classes. Since 2016, she's been at Tapestry Associates in Marietta and works with women, couples, and college students to heal from anxiety, depression, and other mental health challenges. So first of all, I didn't know what an M-A-M-F-T was until I was, um, reading over your stuff. So could you explain a little bit about that and, um, kind of tell us more about how that influences your, your healing perspective? Yeah. Well, I'm excited to be
2: here. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. M-A-M-F-T just means master's. So that's my master's is marriage and family therapy. um, And that was through Richmond. And um, my path just took me in a variety of directions where my licensure was LPC, so licensed professional counselor. Um, But I've always held tight to my M-F-T training because that is Very similar to what y'all have been talking about, which is just this holistic perspective of when you look at one person sitting in your chair, whether, you know, it's definitely more often a couple or a family, but Uh it's one person, you still look at them as a system um, and what is going on around them, what is influencing their life beyond just what's inside their brain.
0: That's wonderful. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because that's kind of how all therapy should be, right? Because
2: Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not how it's been for a long time. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I think, helpful to helping someone really make more effective goals and know themselves better in the context that they live in um
0: so yeah yeah it's a really good. integrated way of looking at it which of course goes in with our series Yay! on integration <laughs> in our schools. um so if y'all have been tuning in we talked about our bodies and now we are talking about sort of our minds hearts and emotions mm-hmm. um so last week we talked through a little bit of that yep. theologically and personally but sarah as a professional how would you distinguish between our minds our hearts and our emotions
2: Yes. <laughs> um well I love No the- pressure. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm gonna try and be succinct, but um yeah, I, I mean the way I was thinking about it was trying to narrow it down to like what is a thought and what is a feeling. Yeah. Um and how often we get those mixed up. All the time we get them yeah. mixed up. Um so and I in fact we even say um, like I wrote down an example, like I, I feel like you were really mean to me, or I feel like that thing was wrong, or I feel like that was unjust. And those are not feelings, right? Those are thoughts. Can I
0: interject something real quick? Um, I have, there have been writings done on this, um, about women and how we tend to say, I feel Mm -hmm. and how men tend to say, I think,
1: Mm, and it's sort
0: of a way of kind of like almost an insecurity like we don't want to say I think because we're not confident enough to say that because it's like it's an opinion so we'll say well I feel like you did and it's almost like Mm -hmm. you're already apologizing for thinking something by saying I'm feeling so maybe it's wrong yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know that just struck me anyway continue no
2: that's (laughs) very interesting um and I think it's very powerful um for people to decipher the difference because uh, and what kind of like what y'all shared last time was we tend to discard the feeling part of ourselves because it's too much or we don't understand it or it's too powerful. It's too deep. Um, and the thoughts just seem more, you know, valid or or, um, easily
1: contained. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Or or like to be treated with more respect than a feeling.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and so, yeah, learning to decipher the difference. So a feeling, um, and I spend a lot of time working with people to just be like, what are you feeling? Just call it what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's different. We'll get to the thoughts. Um, I definitely use a lot of kind of um, thought and feeling theories when I work with people. But um, yeah, I spend a lot of time on just what are you feeling? Um, and what I've learned recently is a feeling is what is what drives us. You know, they're not to be mm. discarded because they're trying to tell us something. Our feeling is trying to say I feel unsafe or Mm -hmm. like more of that, uh, less of that, or um, this is good. You know, I like this or, you know, this seems right or this seems wrong. And our feelings are really trying to mold us into, you know, a peaceful, healthy existence. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if we discard them, then we're kind of, you know, limiting ourselves to, being driven in a way that's right for us even though there's no like factual evidence right there to support it um and so they're not good or bad they just are (laughs) they're just there
0: yeah I mean that's what I was going to ask you because I think a lot of times like we can have some really negative feelings that are that you could say are bad like I'm trying to think of an example um like when my dog really makes me mad, and I have the impulse to kick him, I wouldn't right. do that, but I feel like I want to because I'm so angry. Um, guys, I'm not a dog kicker. Like <laughs> I, yeah.
1: I'm just saying. Like right. we have these
0: impulses inside of us, and so okay, yeah. So I would I, in my head I would be like, that's a bad feeling. I shouldn't. But maybe what you're right. saying is more like,
2: well, the feeling would be you feel frustrated because your okay. dog is being loud. Yes. Okay, right. So you feel like this internal tension because there's something in your environment that is disruptive to you, right? Mm -hmm. So you feel that tension. And so we either want to think on it or we want to just like react behaviorally Hmm. to it. So your behavior would be, you know, or your thought would be, "I'm going to kick it. (laughs) That'll shut him up," you know, and then your behavior will follow. I see, um, or hopefully not follow, (laughs) right? Due to coping skills and whatnot. But yeah, so yeah, do you see how like how hard it is to differentiate? Yeah, it is. So I feel like if we spend more time being like, okay. The, to feel frustrated because there's something disruptive in your obi- environment is right. Like, you yes. should feel that way. Yeah. That is appropriate. Um, and then it's just like learning how to separate those and flesh those out to learn different ways to respond to them, um, which takes a lot of energy to do that. Yes. And, um, that's where I feel like we can practice and, and build yeah. skills in. Um, but yeah thought is is something based off of um, a conclusion we make or a decision or a belief we have about ourselves or the world um, that you know could be fueled by feelings or you know they, they influence each other so much that sometimes we can't really see the chicken or the egg but
0: yeah, um,
2: but learning w- what is just me in a state of being being affected by my environment and myself and what is something I'm deciding or, or concluding about it, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. you would say my feeling, so to go back to that example, my mm-hmm. feeling of frustration leads me to the thought of like, like a solution, like yeah. finding a solution yes. to a problem. Right. Yeah. Okay. right.
2: Cause I don't want to feel disrupted
0: anymore. Yes. And
2: that's so unconscious, right? Like that's so Well, yeah, it's like you don't surface, even It's right. like it's
0: an immediate reaction. Yeah. You don't yes. even realize you're thinking yeah. that until mm-hmm. you're like, "Whoa, why do I have?" Like I remember when my kids were little, mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm I've been pretty open about OCD, but I would have like like violent or bad thoughts toward them and mm-hmm. I didn't know and I thought I was just this like awful person. Mm-hmm. And then through therapy I've realized like I didn't actually want like bad things to happen to my kids. Right. I didn't actually regret being a mother. What I was feeling was I'm exhausted right? Yes. right. Yeah. and I am desperate for desperate. time and yeah. space. right? And right. so my brain is trying to come up with solutions. So that was very yeah. really helpful for me to be able to go mm-hmm. through. Cause I think a lot of women, especially after having kids, yeah. like, I mean, you're already, you're sleep deprived and like, yes. you know, sometimes hormones and, and hormones. And, and, hormones. Right. and I think yeah. you yeah. hear a lot of, um, you know, and we're all, like, scared, and we don't want to say we've had, but, I mean, mm-hmm. Sarah and I are in a mom's group together, and mm-hmm. just hearing women share about right. their own journeys and those places and yeah. how, like, they've just been desperate and, like, thought horrible, and they're like, oh, my God, I'm terrible. Am mm-hmm. I alone in this? And you're like, no, but mm-hmm. but it really is just our brains trying to find a solution to a feeling we're having like that we need, feel a yeah. need yeah. that yeah. sometimes, frankly, we can't meet, and then right. that leads to a lot of frustration, More frustration. Too. More yeah, frustration. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just – Anyway, I want to just well, and I also
1: noticed this in parenting too. Um, you know, I, we, Sarah and I were talking before um, about my daughter, and I she's just more the sensitive type and and reacts out of feelings a lot. And um, always my conversations with her is as an example. I, she's mad that a she's angry that a, something isn't working with a toy or a craft or something, mm-hmm. and then she gets angry. And then from that, in her anger and frustration, she throws it across the room. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and then obviously she gets punished for throwing the toy right, across the room, right. especially if it hits her brother.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so
1: and then she, and then you know she goes to her room, and then I go once she's calmed down and talk to her, and she thinks she's being punished for being angry, right? Instead right. of being punished um, for the behavioral response. Right. So then we have to go through this talk of yeah. it is okay that you were angry and that right. you felt angry and you felt frustration. Mm-hmm. Mommy gets really frustrated sometimes mm-hmm. too and it's okay to have the thought that the solution to that is to throw it across the room mm-hmm. then you then there's a behavioral response and the right. behavioral response was to throw, actually throw it across the room mm-hmm. and that's what you're being punished for right. and right. then and distinguishing between those things because we don't want them to learn that we get punished for our feelings and our mm-hmm. feelings are bad and our mm-hmm. feelings are wrong. Cause that's when we start stuffing them, especially right. she's more of kind of the people pleaser wants to be a rule follower. Mm-hmm. So if I've broken the rules because of my feelings, then maybe I need to do something with my feelings. Then they're bad or yeah, they're, they're bad. Yeah. And then that that is going to cause a whole new set problems. of issues. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, it's, it's distinguishing between those things and, and, and how, and then, you know, we talked about coping mechanisms, how to, cope and we have to practice those coping mechanisms you can speak to this you can practice those coping mechanisms so that because like what you're saying about the dog in the heat of the moment if we haven't practiced those things then our response our default mode will kick in yeah well and like that's what's different between us and
0: animals right like that's what it means to have a soul is like we have all of these Mm -hmm. impulses and thoughts and feelings and but we're able to direct our behavior which goes back to our will Mm -hmm. yeah so that's Yeah, it's a really integrated thing that we can process all this stuff. But a lot of times we process it just in a split second. Right. I mean, it's like you just immediately are like, why do I want to kick my dog? And Mm -hmm. if you're not doing work and thinking about this stuff, it's just going to. And I think a lot of us grew up like kind of without moms like you, Rebecca, who were like, it's okay to be angry. I mean, a lot of us didn't hear that. So it's like, I mean, so many people got raised with just this like don't act like that mm-hmm. and yes. you're like behavior modification yeah without, it does not yes. work yeah. And yeah it doesn't work on us either doing it to ourselves yeah right and what like, happens is that builds habits so yes. like you'll
2: spend a lifetime being like well this is just what I do I kick my dog when I, I yes. love that yes. you're using this
0: <laughs> I know it's the
2: worst <laughs> <laughs> it's something more effective but yeah. <laughs> so that it becomes so natural that you sometimes can't imagine an alternative to that and so then yeah. it's just like a lot of work working backwards to, like, really yeah. flesh out other options. And that's what I end up doing a lot of times with people is is working backwards for a long time, like, fleshing it out to say, could there be any other alternatives you could have done? But all of that requires a lot of energy, a lot of mental energy, yeah. and a lot of space. And we can talk more about that um, down the road. But, um, yeah, because they feel so impulsive. They feel so default so natural um and then that can lead to a lot of shame you know a lot of confusion and um so yeah I, I think that's sort of the key is like creating mental and emotional space to stop and then build the skills and then make that become your new habit um which takes a lot of practice and time.
0: Well, yeah, and it becomes kind of a vicious cycle where when you're stressed out, you're more impulsive, and then you have less time to work on these things. And so then it just sort of becomes like a snowball, and people feel like they can't deal with it because it's Mm -hmm. just all happening fast. I mean, so are there... Like you said you work backwards. Can you tell us a little bit about like, what does that look like to work backwards with someone who is kind of in that place where they're like, I feel like my emotions are out of control, or I feel like my thoughts are out of control, or I can't deal with my emotions. We could probably split those up. So like Mm -hmm. for someone like Rebecca Pete, (laughs) who lives in her head a lot, like how could you connect her to her spirit and her body and her feeling side?
2: Yeah. So when you spend too much time in your head, um, which is definitely me, I, I think oh, I, I'm probably okay. more emotional than I realize. But um, I definitely spend a lot of time ruminating and thinking and looking at things from every angle and making sure it's the right decision. Which what does that even mean? Um, which ends up mean meaning you're casting aside a lot of feelings and yeah. emotions or discarding mm. them or discrediting them. Um, so it, it, that definitely means stopping <laughs> that thought process. And a lot of times with people, I say like, leave your environment, just get, hit some kind mm-hmm. of reset button, leave your environment, even if it's on your porch or, you know, or go for a walk or do yeah. something that kind of refreshes you. And, um, it sounds funny, but sometimes you just have to stop and sit with what you're feeling. Yeah. Um, just like sit in it yeah. and it's probably going to be uncomfortable and yeah. feel very, very unnatural. Um, and there's probably gonna be a part of you that's saying like, this is not effective. You know, there's no solution coming from this. This is not getting us
1: anywhere. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. If somebody tells me that that's how, or even if I tell myself knowing in my head that that's the right thing to do. And I don't even, I don't even, I'm not even so much in my head that I'm like thinking about pushing the way the feelings like, it just—it's it, it a You just realize you now. suddenly There's need a to a clean time. your closet out yeah. right this second, and you start doing everything <laughs> except except yeah. for right. dealing with what that right. that actual feeling is that's behind whatever yeah. action had taken place or whatever thoughts right. were taking place. Like I, I'm not even, I'm not even. I, enough in touch with my feelings while well, I'm more now than I have been, but like mm-hmm. my natural state that I don't even know that they're there. Right. Like they right. have been so discarded so, yeah. that I don't even, like it, it's not even right. a presence at all that I'm thinking about pushing away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So.
2: And, and, and unfortunately we end up still responding out of our feeling place. Of course. Yeah. Mm. Um, because they will find a way to make themselves known for sure. Um, so whether that's just you know something like hurt or or whatever it is, um, we're still going to react out of it um, because it's it's gonna be there until it's addressed. Um, so we go clean out our closet or something because yeah, we wanna yeah. feel like we're doing something productive or tangible yes. um, but it's gonna sit there and wait on us um, or it's gonna get um, shoved aside more and more and more yeah. until it makes itself known in a very aggressive way. Um, so yeah, sit with it, call it what it is. And I, I know it seems so elementary, but um, there's feeling wheels, you know, there's all yes. those things that you yes. can look up to say, like, let me really identify what this is. Because that's not because, because the, the goal is productively move through it towards greater peace or solution or something, right. Um, and I know, like, the thinkers think like, okay, watch well, me make a plan. And then like, I can make that happen. Yeah. But But in reality, it is productive to to sit in your feelings because it is allowing you to know yourself better, to make better decisions, to honor yourself more so that maybe it wouldn't happen again that way or, you know, and it's just,
0: yeah, self-acceptance sort of. Well, you're doing it for a greater result. Like you're not doing it for the sake of just – figuring out that feeling you're figuring plan, out your feelings yeah. so that you can right so you move forward. know yourself yeah, yes. better so that if something like that happens again yes. you know you're
2: more equipped um so yeah sit with it and you know that can look like whatever you want it to look like it can be walking it can be sitting it can be prayer it can be writing uh, it could be talking to someone mm-hmm. um, meditation you know whatever you want it to look like but um and, and it might take a little help from someone to like walk with you on how Mm -hmm. to backtrack a little bit to say like, what were you really feeling in that moment when X, Y, Z happened? Um, and I mentioned earlier primary and secondary emotions. And a lot of times we, we can identify like, yeah, I was really mad or, um, I was really stressed out, you know, And, and those are real and valid, but they're often sort of our go-to and they're covering up something deeper. Yeah. Um, so that's so, a secondary feeling, covering yeah, a primary. Our primary yeah. is, is um, like the first feeling, the first thing we can identify because it's usually something that might feel safer to do, like mm-hmm. yell or lash out or shut down or something. I mean, those are all behaviors. But um, to, it's easier to say um, I feel really mad than it is to say I feel really ashamed or Ooh, hurt yeah. or broken or mm. devastated or you know, so once we kind of and almost always that's what's really going on, right? Like it yeah. kind of like n- narrows down to something core like that. Um and once we kind of really sit with that, I feel like we can move forward better um and honor ourselves better and make better decisions and all that. Um, but then we also have to <laughs> not to like be so technical, but we also have to determine how extreme the feelings are so we can say like I was horrified or we can say Uh I was like irritated or you know scared or like furious or frustrated you know and yes I think knowing how to do that
1: better is just more effective as well um it's interesting that you're using the different types of words and the primary feelings and the secondary feelings so for me um those base primary feelings like you talked about shame mm-hmm. and um those kind of things those are very vulnerable words right mm-hmm. shame devastation brokenness mm-hmm. like those are all very vulnerable words mm-hmm. so like a, the a process for me has been so you know i didn't deal with my feelings at all and then the next yeah. step was i started thinking and i'm like okay i'm okay with saying that i'm angry yeah or that mm-hmm. i'm um um frustrated yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever you know um secondary feeling is but then to go to the next level mm-hmm. and say really that anger or that frustration or that sadness whatever it is yeah. is really coming from a sense of shame mm-hmm. or a sense of guilt or a sense of fear mm-hmm. or brokenness grief, or whatever yeah. grief mm-hmm, yeah. um whatever it is cuz those are really vulnerable words yeah, yeah. and um that so my personality is like I, I, that's, that's too much. Yeah. Like I can't mm-hmm. dig that much. That's too hard. Like, to and a lot like of that. people are like, think
2: I'll, if I go there, I'll not be able to get out. Like yeah, yeah, I'll be stuck exactly. in them. Exactly. And, and not only will it not be effective, it'll break
0: me. You know, exactly. Like I'll be yeah. ruined. Um, Can you talk about that a little? Because yeah. now it's like, then the other side is somebody who is in their feelings a lot, myself, Mm -hmm. Like, and does tend to get in that place where it's like, you are just engulfed in your feelings. And I mean, I have days like that where I'm like, I, I have to go, like, I'm like, I have to make cookies or I have to do something to like focus my attention because I cannot get out of my feelings. Like, Mm -hmm. so then on that side, what does that look like? Cause I, that is a common fear. Like people are like, I, if I feel this grief from Mm -hmm. losing my dad or whatever it is, then I'm just going to be engulfed by it. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, and some people are stuck in it, right? Yeah, like that can
2: happen. That's a legitimate fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I talk a lot about people with with like when it comes to self care, like working on yourself. Like you have to be gentle and and slow, but you also have to be purposeful. Mm. Oh, so, okay, that's you great, know, yeah you know it's nice to like just sit and zone out or like you know meditate and think but like I do feel like there still has to be I mean it's just my personality but there has to be structure to it there has to be like a time limit there has to be a very intentional space that you're doing it in Mm -hmm. Um, as best as your ability you know if you know you're if there's a great loss and you can't really think about it at all then yeah you just need to be in it and maybe someone can help you create that structure if you can't do it yourself. Yeah. Um, but that's still on you to bri- invite someone to do that yes. for you. Yes. Um, to say, I got nothing right now. <laughs> like, take me out, get me outside or something, like invite them yes. in. But if you do have a little wiggle room for yourself and you're willing to do that work, like set a timer. I don't know, do something Yeah. No, that makes a silly to of say sense. like, I'm going to do this. But I'm going to be very purposeful about it. I'm going to go sit. I'm going to leave my environment, sit on this different environment. That's not my bed where I often associate with, you know, being stuck or mm. feeling overwhelmed with feeling. I, I don't want to be there. So I'm going to be in a different place that doesn't have a lot of the association. Yes, with yes. You know, the depths of what we experience. Um, maybe I'll bring a journal, something tangible to write with. Maybe I'll do it at a certain time, or maybe I know like the kids are gone from this time to this time, yes. so I'll use that time. And, um, which I know that takes a lot of mental energy to plan that, but, um, if you can do that, I think it, it'll help you feel like you have an exit strategy, right? Like you're yeah. not going to be, concerned. well, and then you feel safe
0: to do it yeah. because you yeah. know, you're
2: not going to force yourself to just, you know sit there forever and right wait. and there'll be no end you know yeah. And if something happens and you get super overwhelmed stop or call someone or you know yeah. that's okay but um so do you have some structure and I do think the people who get overwhelmed by feelings are still not naming them properly uh-huh. um, so okay. I, I do think there is still some good practice to be done and saying like I, I just feel feelings <laughs> But I do need to spend time calling them what they are. Mm. Um, so whether, you know, if I can really do that work, whether it's through writing or through prayer or whatever, and you know, hopefully if you can get to a place where you're saying, yeah, I was really betrayed or really hurt or really wounded or whatever, um, you can sort of close the chapter on that, or at least like there's for like the a moment. Resolution. Yeah, there's a resolution yeah. to say, okay, now I know what it is. Yeah. I get like it. It makes sense that I would have felt that way. You give yourself mm-hmm. grace for feeling it. Um, and then, you know, you know that that you're not alone in it. Um, yeah. And then if you can sort of put that somewhere, um, maybe you even literally close your
0: journal <laughs> and like yeah, walk away yeah. and do yeah. something
2: kind of symbolic for that. But Or
0: give it to God. I find a lot of peace when Definitely. I just, like, visualize helpful. I always picture that. Um, yeah. Is it the—I can't remember who painted it. Like, Michelangelo, like, the— Birth of Adam or Yeah, I always yeah. picture
1: that in my head. Like, here are my emotions, even though that's mm-hmm. not what that painting is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> productive. So mm-hmm. this may not mean anything to anybody else, but for those of us who are we on production, like I like to be a productive person. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. always want uh, and yeah. to to I that's just my um bent is towards mm-hmm. so a lot of times my um state has been to not deal with feelings because I felt like that wasn't productive yeah like that just seems like something that's not going to result in anything worth mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. and I've had to come to the conclusion even more um who God's created me right. I me to be I have to deal with all of me mm-hmm. and and I guess I just wanted to put out there that and just reiterate what you said that this is productive work mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. isn't fluff work this isn't uh, kind of stuff like it Mm -hmm. is like this work it's hard work but it has there's a there's an end goal and it is it is going to make us a better person it's Mm -hmm. not it's not just about sitting i was going to say again i was thinking back to what y'all talked about last time which
2: was um you know like the greater purpose of this and, and maybe this is just my perspective but All of this work is helping you know yourself better and be more connected to yourself holistically, like y'all were saying. And so, you know, that allows you to have more peace, you know, to like, like we said, make, make better decisions or or have grace when things don't go well. Yes, But definitely affects your relationships too. Um, And I feel like we were created to be. In connection constantly.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: And I feel like a lot of our woundedness, especially in our feelings, comes from, that sounds so cold, but, like, successful or unsuccessful connections or, like, healthy or unhealthy connections that have gone well or not gone well. Um, And so I feel like the more insight we have, the more we can connect to people in a healthy way, which means we'll feel healthier, too. Mm. Um, So I feel like that is a greater purpose than just, you know, getting through the day and being, you know, having results and stuff like that, which, you know. It's easy to say out loud but really hard to do because it requires that vulnerability like you were saying
1: yeah and I think there's there's freedom once we yeah, get to yeah. a lot of those places like I know for myself like I've just I've experienced a lot of freedom once I've because I think people think like you said they're going to get trapped in, and I think that was always my mentality was I'm going to get stuck in that and those mm-hmm. feelings are going to actually have power over me and I'm I like control yeah so if I dig into those feelings then I'm going to be out of control like I I'm no longer going to be in control my feelings are going to be in control right. and that could happen like if you if it's not yeah. done right you could get stuck right. and then those feelings can have power yeah. over you yeah. uh, but yeah. if it's done properly that you actually get freedom for those feelings right. It, right the opposite of the feelings having control over you is not pushing the feelings away yes. the opposite of feelings having or the opposite um the the healthy part of it is digging into them and mm-hmm. releasing them right um, yeah. and for me who's someone who's a control freak like Mm -hmm. it's good to know that there's actually freedom that is a result of this process not um more um not less control but more control yeah yeah
0: and i mean that's what the enemy wants us to think right yeah i mean the thing that will help us and heal us, make it really scary and, mm-hmm. you yes. know, tap into what is, I think, all of our human worst fears, which is losing control. But yes. our feelings are part of us. Like our pastor always says they're a great um, passenger, but a terrible driver. Is that his yes. part? Like, yes. And it's true. It's like, and, you know, a lot of times people will compare feelings to toddlers. And because I have two at home, I think mm-hmm. of this a lot, but it's like, they will keep screaming, those children, <laughs> if they need something yeah. until I meet that need, yes. they will not stop. And so it's actually kind of helped me to be yeah, like, you know, yeah. Cause you have, how old is Jane now? Almost two. Almost yeah, really? So we're at the door. Wow. and crazy? Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. if you ignore those kids and the same with your feelings, but at the mm-hmm. same time, would you let your toddler drive your car? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of seeing them from that perspective and knowing yeah, I need to meet you. Analogy. But yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really taught me to just sit. And you
2: feel your feelings, like you were saying earlier, yeah. you know, to be like, yeah, that is frustrating. Like, let's yeah. just sit and the fact that that is frustrating. And, yeah. Um, you know, because every part of my brain is being like, move on, move on, you yeah. know, like, this is, this is too much. And so that's been helpful for me um, to force me to be in the moment. Um, and I think that's another helpful <laughs> reminder is. Is that kind of present minded thinking is because I think when we're desperate and hungry for control, we are thinking very like future minded, like get Mm. to the goal um, and to to just be in the moment, I think, helps you get back in touch with what you're feeling and where you're at in that moment. And also, like, what is a more realistic goal for that moment, (laughs) Because um, yeah. I think we'll just add to the frustration if we're trying to do something that's just not doable in yeah. that moment. Yeah.
0: Um, but that can be another talk. And like, it makes me think, um, you know, in our the feminist in me is like, well, the feminine side is typically associated with emotions, and the masculine mm-hmm. side is typically like rational thought. And it makes me wonder, like, is that part of why culturally we are so uncomfortable with this stuff? Because we. I mean it's the patriarchy, right? Like mm-hmm. men are kind of at the top and what they think goes and mm-hmm. oh women are so emotional and it's like we've heard these messages right. for so long and I mean it that's not the entire problem at all but it it, yeah. it makes
1: me think. No, I think that's a great point. I know for me personally um I I tend to view emotions as weakness. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. and how where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Right. right. Where why do I mean why do I see Um, people who feel and people who have emotion and display those emotions and I'm not talking about unhealthy displays I'm talking about healthy even health I mean unhealthy displays obviously Mm -hmm. we should it should cause something to stir in us but healthy um, you know I've been in settings before I've really started digging into this where I mean I was in ministry for a long time Mm -hmm. I was in women's ministry for a long time and children's ministry for a long time so two very emotional ministry settings And, and for a long time I sat in those and and people were healthily dealing with their emotions mm-hmm. or properly dealing with their emotions, and I still saw it as weakness. No, I never said yeah. that, but in my yeah. head, mm-hmm. my my go to was they're weak, mm-hmm. um, and for me to be strong, I can't, can't be, be like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so I, I think a lot of it does come from this cultural thought that emotions and feelings are either weak or they're or feminine or or that feminine equals weak or feminine Mm -hmm. equals weak Mm -hmm. when on, on the opposite side of that, um, you know, and then if a if a man acts emotionally or with feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Then he's gay. Yeah. I exactly. mean it's like ridiculous. Yes, it's, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of seeing someone who is dealing healthily with their emotions right. as truly being a whole human being right, and seeing right. the strength in that. Yeah. Seeing that it takes strength to deal with to, to be able yes. to properly show your emotions. Yeah. Um and that was very eye opening for me. Mm-hmm. And how hard is that mm-hmm. for our men? Like this yes. is not
0: something we talk about a lot, but like men Are emotional and they feel stunted and like Mm -hmm. they can't. I mean, oh gosh, we should probably do a show on that because it is just, (laughs) I mean, it breaks my heart. And Brene Brown talks about that a lot. Have Mm -hmm. you heard that? Um, but yeah, um, that is. That is a big. I think well, I'm the only one here raising a little boy at the table yes. so far. Unless yeah. you guys have other
1: children, and right. so it, it is interesting to to think about because you hear, um, I just I hear it even among my friends. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, they don't say boys don't cry, mm-hmm. right? But they do, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. um, we 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 treat the emotional lives of our of our different gendered children differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying really hard to fight against that.
0: Well, I think being yeah. aware is like pretty much 80% of it. Like if you're not aware that you have that bias, then, but I think once you're aware of it, you're kind of like, oh, okay. Like, so I think so much of it is just, and you are aware and that's great. Yeah. Yeah. But well, and I, what's helped
2: me is feeling like we are reflections of God's image. Right. And so God clearly has both sides to the the full. Um, And so, yeah, we're not living authentic, authentically if we're just limiting one part of that and saying like, well this part's better, so I'll just live in this part. Yes. And same for men. And, you know, they're yes. not living, you know, purposefully either if they're never allowing themselves to feel feelings. Um yeah. so yeah, I really do feel like to to bear God's image means to, to develop both sides of yourself and see them both as strength.
0: Whew, that was a lot of good stuff. Um thank you so much to Sarah and please turn in next week to listen to the remainder of our interview with her and, um, I feel like you should, or do I think that you should? I don't know. See what I did there. Um, yeah. Have a good week. Bye.